because things are moving so fast. Perhaps too fast, perhaps not, but the new origin of vocabulary. Certainly the word cable has a new connotation. And dealing with the whole subject of communications, how close we are in touch with one another, the world over, the promise at the same time the dangers, depending who controls it, what role we ordinary humans, the public has to play, is what it's about. And perhaps one of the best books on the subject written by John Wickline, who's connected with public uh, television, uh, public broadcasting. Perhaps you could talk about that somewhere in passing. His book is called Electronic Nightmare, and the, and the subtitle is The New Communications and Freedom. And you can add a couple of suspension points and possible threat. John Wickline, my guest. This is a book about clear and present danger. It's a book about the here and now, or very soon to come. When most people hear about the marvels of the new technologies of communication, they're apt to say, gee, won't that be terrific, and pass it off as some blue sky thing of the future. Certainly, it doesn't occur to them that the communications revolution is something for them to worry about today. Well, that's just it, isn't it? To worry about and look to, so worry about. So let's start with that. And the obvious question is, as you deal with your book specifically, why? Well, I worry about it because uh, all the technologies of communication are merging into a single system. We're going to be able very shortly, uh, from a home communication set that looks a lot like a, uh, a standard television set with a, a keyboard attachment, a typewriter keyboard attachment, we're going to be able to get all our entertainment out of that box. We're going to get uh, uh, information in, in the normal uh, uh, television ways, but we're also going to get print from on the set and printouts from the set so that uh, an electronic newspaper uh, an electronic newspaper we're going to be able to use that set for electronic mail uh, t uh, typing letters to each other anyone else who has a, a similar set so what's happening is that on this set uh, which is connected up to the world with two fiber optic wires we are going to get the basis of our information and many of the other uh, 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 areas of information, many of the other suppliers of information are going to now feed into the system rather than be distributed on newsstands or in magazines or something like Let, that. Let's get this picture then. It's an overall picture. Someone, a man is sitting at home or a woman or a guy and his family and without leaving that chair, that armchair he's sitting in, all comes to him. It all comes to him. In fact, that man can do his banking because uh, in, in some of the systems there's uh, going to be electronic funds transfer in which if you want to buy something that you see on the television set on one of the shopping channels, you just press a button with your own identification number in it, transfer the money out of your account directly into the store's account. You're going to be able to do credit card shopping by that same system and uh, uh, buy things on credit, typing in your credit card plus maybe your own private password for some protection. Uh, you're, you're certainly going to get uh, all the forms of entertainment you now get, plus many other channels of, of, uh, of entertainment that are coming uh, over the box through cable today. Uh, uh, you know, up to, uh, today we have 120 channels of, of cable in some systems. But it's going to be an interactive system in which you call up the information that you want. You could call up classified ads. If I want to know where can I uh, buy a second-hand car, I could uh, type in uh, the request for uh, uh, the second-hand Toyotas of 1977, and they'll immediately pop up on your screen. So uh, that's the facet of the newspaper. You can you can ask for articles 
uh, of information from that newspaper. You can ask for consumer ratings from Consumer Reports, and for instance. And that comes back to you in what form? It can come it? back to you in two forms. One, as, uh, as type on the, on the television set, and uh, the new screens that are being developed for this, and, uh, and they really are already in prototype, uh, are very much easier to read than the present-day television screen when you see print on a, a present-day television screen. So what screen. we're seeing now is a shape of things to come, as we see newspapers taking a beating, certainly after new newspapers, and we have news electronically offered one form or another, outlinistic. We have, that's the shape of, that's just one part. That's one part. Uh, what, what you'll get, I think, in addition to the, uh, the television type of news is some backup uh, news in print. Uh, for instance, an, an, an anchor person on a news broadcast could say, well, here's the headline on this story, but if you want to know more information, press button A336. You press A336 on your, uh, on your keypad, and a, a background story will either come up on the screen or will be printed out on a very light sheet of white plastic that's reusable and can be put right back into the machine for another story. Of course, the obvious question, this comes to uh, the other aspect of your book, several. One is the man or the woman or the family sitting at home. Uh, some might ask, this is an easy one, uh, the question of alienation. You're there without, there's no community involved, or is there? Is there community involved? Well, uh, I, uh, that's one of the concerns that uh, occurred to me when I started writing this book about three years ago, and, and I, I really thought about it and looked into it and talked to a lot of people about it. It seems to me that it, it's, it's more engaging in a human way than is the boob tube, because you sit in front of the television tube at night and let it flow over you, maybe for three hours, without a, a, a thought of your own necessary. With this, you're going to uh, be asked to interact with the How? television and that's, set. That's it. Now, let's talk about well, that. Uh, Later on, we'll come yes. to the other threat, a real threat. But interaction, how does the, uh, the man at home, or the one at home, participate? Well, the man at home uh, participates, and uh, the example in this country so far is the cube system in Columbus, Ohio. Cube, K-U-Q-U-B-E. No, yeah. So what is uh, that? Warner Communications, or Warner Cable, Warner Amex Cable, has set in a, a two-way television system in which uh, people in the studio can uh, conduct a public affairs program like this, and they can ask people at home for their responses on uh, their, there's a keypad with five response buttons. And so you could have a multiple choice response. Do you degree, uh, agree or uh, do you think this, is, uh, this line is closest to the way you think about this social issue? Uh, you could say, yes, no, I'm, I'm for Carter, I'm against Reagan, I'm for Reagan, I'm against Carter, uh, by pressing your keypad. Now, the whole system is computerized so that uh, the, the, the system knows where these responses are coming from. Uh, it can also uh, collect this information and tell the, uh, the other uh, uh, viewers uh, just how the, the percentages ran on, on any issue. You can also use that for shopping. In fact, they're already selling books on what they call infomercial, uh, info, yes, infomercials. Infomercials? Yeah, that's what they're calling mm -hmm. them. Uh, there are eight-minute programs in which they, they'll describe several books to you, and then at the end, if you want a book, you press up uh, 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 press in that fact, and uh, and the computer records your order. If I can be romantic for a moment and nostalgic, and perhaps phonally so, uh, the only the trouble with that to me is that you do it by yourself. You and the machine decide. Whereas you don't 
bump into somebody in that bookstore. That's right, see. you don't. You don't talk to those books. Not as much of it now, but you don't, there's the human contact. Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, came down to feeling that human beings are just that. They're human beings, and they're, they're going to want that human contact nevertheless. And I think that in these two-way uh, situations where, for instance, my, the example I give in the book is the, uh, uh, in Upper Arlington, uh, Ohio, uh, they had a zoning hearing. And uh, uh, they had had two previ hearings previous to the one that they held on Cube. And they, uh, they drew out about 125 people each. Well, the zoning hearing they held by way of this two-way system drew out 2,000 people. And they took part in this two-way uh, response uh, technique. Now, the, the now that 2000, the machine played a role here, didn't it? The in machine that big did turnout. Uh, yes, it did. Well, explain that further. Well, uh, they, they announced that they were going to hold this hearing, and they, uh, they, in effect, cordoned off the town of Upper Arlington. So only the viewers in Upper Arlington could get this program, because they're the only ones that were concerned about changing a, a zone from single family to apartment houses. It was the issue. Uh, the the members of the zoning commission held the hearing and and put questions to the uh, the audience in the uh, in the hearing room and also uh, in front of the television sets and they could respond by these response buttons. Now the next step up from that, which is already being tested in Japan, is to have a, a return uh, camera and a return microphone so that you physically, almost physically, can take part and be seen at, at the, uh, uh, the, the hearing room, taking part in the discussion. So here's a case where it can work for the good. That is, the new devices, the new technological advances, can make for bigger flesh and blood turnouts. Well, that's what I, I think in that case. I believe that if you take part in something like this, you're, you are going to want to go, especially if it's an issue that's a vital concern to you, you want to go, want to, go to the studio or to the hearing room the next time and say, I want to argue with that person in person. And I just don't believe we're going to lose our humanity that easily, that we're just going to sit ourselves in front of a tube and do all these things. Yeah. So. As you say, going to a bank itself is not that exciting. You know, no, it depositing your money. To, uh, whereas and you besides, do it at home, banks you are getting to be yeah. automated, automated tellers. Uh, but you call your book the electronic nightmare. Yes, and I not do. Not for nothing. Not the electronic promise. There's a reason for that. So let's come to that. Now, we'll come to other matters too in other countries. But the dangers now. If a person is taking part in this, technologically taking part. He's getting known, too, to the people there. That's right. And that's, that's one of the major dangers. It's, that it's, it's one thing, it's good. Being known is good, but the danger. Yes. Well, the operator of the two-way system, whether it's the telephone company or a, a two-way uh, cable company, uh, is using a computer to record all of your interactions with that, uh, with that, op uh, with that company. So uh, that if you take part in a public affairs show and express an opinion, a political opinion or a social opinion for abortion, against abortion, if you uh, engage in uh, purchases through that system, the, uh, then that computer has to know to the very penny what your bank account is, the amount of your bank account. And if you, uh, if you buy on credit, the computer has to know how much credit, uh, uh, how much in debt you are. Uh, so there's, there's uh, the beginnings of a, a financial profile of you, uh, a social profile. Uh, it, it knows what books you buy, so it knows your tastes in reading. Probably knows whether you're liberal, middle of the road, or conservative. It knows whether you watch a pornographic movie every night. 
and can record that and, and add that to your dossier. Now, the reason it records all these things, because in a two-way system such as I've described, uh, the, the company is selling you these things item by item, and so they want to bill you at the end of the month for these, these choices that you make. But, so they have to know your name and address uh, and who's making the choices. But the problem is that computer could retain all that information. It could be put together into a dossier on you of, of many things that don't seem very important if they're just single items. But when you put them all together, and plus perhaps uh, medical information, because the, the two-way system is certainly usable, uh, especially with the audio and visual return, for home examinations by a doctor. Oh, you point out that here's a good aspect in a case of emergencies. Uh, a doctor from a long distance, the family doctor or the specialist who is out of town, from where he is, he can advise the patient. Yes, he can. Uh, because he can he can see the condition, or a yeah. nurse practitioner can be with the person at home to uh, to help the doctor evaluate uh, several thousand miles away by satellite. Because we're really talking, aren't we, about benefits and dangers? Yes, we're we are. We're talking about two things going on at the same time. Exactly. Well, let's stick with that dossier. By that phrase is used, electronic dossier, isn't it? I think uh, so. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. it's a computerized dossier yeah. that that a can be had on dossier. you. And uh, I, I also uh, mentioned the fact that there, there are investigation companies around the country, uh, TRW and uh, Equifax are two to... Uh, to and what are they? What are well, they? they do investigations not only of, uh, of your credit ratings, but also uh, they investigate uh, your lifestyle for uh, prospective employers or for uh, insurance companies who decide whether they want to, in, uh, to help them decide whether they want to insure you or not. They'll send an investigator to check with your neighbors to see if you come in drunk every night, for instance. They put that into their computer, uh, Equifax does, in Atlanta, which has 50 million dossiers now on, on Americans. In, in Atlanta, there is a place. Equifax, that was called that's, in Atlanta? That's the biggest one. Yeah, in that's country. in Atlanta? Yes. And that's their main office. That's their computer and office. And they have a dossier of 50 million? 50 million Americans America. are in that now. Uh -huh. Not only that, but they have 1,600 offices around this country tied to that computer by two-way satellite communications. So the chances are pretty good that one out of four people listening to this program, 50 million, has all the stuff about them is in that. Very, uh, very, very good. Now, the idea that uh, hits me is that when these two-way television systems become general, and they are becoming general, they're spreading all over the country, uh, that same kind of information uh, could be added to the dossier that is, is uh, contained in one of these investigative companies' files so that, uh, that you could get a, a, much, uh, a much more complete profile of everybody. And as I say, you might not be concerned if, if one person knows one fact about you, but if uh, a complete dossier of your social life, your uh, financial life, your political beliefs uh, and can be put together into one big computer and then sold to anybody who wants it, which in effect is, is Well, that can be done too. That so the, the Atlanta outfit can sell it to others. Uh, they, they say they will sell it only to insurance companies oh. or to employers. But I, I raised the example of suppose I typed up a letterhead and said John F. Wickline Incorporated is considering hiring uh, such and such a person. And I set the, uh, sent the fee, which is $15 or something like that, to, uh, to the investigating company. The investigating company will then send it back, to, uh, send me that information mm -hmm. back. So there's really no security in that at all. So privacy. Privacy so is a major concern. Uh, 
that we uh, that for which there's no social policy and there's no legislation to protect yeah. us. So in we're these not new only systems. talking about uh, computers of FBI or CIA or governmental. No, agencies. those are rather those yeah. are rather obvious. This yeah. is much more subtle. You're talking now about corporations, uh, industry, yes, different outfits having the, all the dope on us. Too. Sure, sure, uh, and and uh, and actually uh, we. Are contributing to our own uh, our, our own dossier, you know, uh, uh, often without knowing about it. The people I interviewed in Columbus certainly had no fears or very little fears about this. Some of them said, "Well, what do I have to hide?" Well, perhaps you don't have anything to hide, but suppose you could tie in that medical information because this whole system, as I said, is going to merge into a single system. Suppose you could tie in the, 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 the information of your last physical examination, which is then transmitted to a prospective employer. Uh, maybe you don't want it known that you've got a heart murmur because it doesn't affect your physical condition one whit, but it might uh, affect the decision not to hire you. And I just don't, I think there's got to be some breaks put on the way this information is used. Well, of course, the big question of who controls these. This is what your book is about. This is the subtext of your You're book. Right. The You're battle. right. Now, how is it going now? Well, and then uh, the I think the, uh, the, my major concern, as you said, is, uh, is who will control such a system. Because if you do find all these things uh, merging... Oh, pardon me. May, may I just interrupt? Forgive yeah. me. Uh, there may be a question about the system itself. How far do you go as in the field of, of biology? Uh, you know, uh, is it, there's a big debate about DNA and yes. uh, genetic engineering. How far does science go? You might ask here, how far does technology go? As, and now we come to the question of control. But even no matter who controls it, some may say, I don't want this, this, this machine at all that would have my private life in every detail in someone else's hands. Uh, that is yeah. the problem. Yeah. But the, uh, the, the other problem is that uh, the, maybe the ideal thing uh, would be to say, OK, we don't want it because there are too many dangers. I'm not sure that there are too many dangers. But suppose there were. I don't think it's stoppable because there's, uh, there's, there's money to be made in this system. And millions and billions have been spent on it already, and people want to recoup that money. And so the technology is here. It's being put to use. And there is a, there's a, a, a very large potential return on it. So it isn't going to stop. So what I want to see is some social controls and legislation imposed on it so that, that uh, we can get the blessings and avoid some of these threats that we're talking about. So we're talking about money. And you're talking about uh, private outfits. You're talking about corporations. Uh, well, you're, you're talking about private corporations, but I also uh, give a very strong example of, uh, of Brazil and the control of the media, uh, the control that the military down there has over the media today, and how much easier, when all these systems have merged together, it will be to control every part of the media. So I think that there's a concern uh, in a, an authoritarian country a totalitarian, authoritarian country such as Brazil uh, about uh, a, a more, more complete control of every phase of life through communications. I think there's a concern in Europe, not from private corporations, but from what's called the PTTs, mm -hmm. the Post, Telephone, and Telegraph companies, uh, uh, agencies rather, which are government agencies which have the monopoly control of that, uh, that uh, country's uh, uh, technologi technology of communication. So it isn't only the private companies I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about anybody who has the, the ability to control this, this, this system, whether it's a, a government agency, a private company, or what. So you're talking about pluralism now. 
you're I'm talking, talking about, about a certain building kind of, in diversity. Uh, okay, now, that's the battle, isn't it? Why don't you just describe what is happening now and what the, how the issue is joined? Well, the issue is joined in this country uh, between uh, uh, AT&T and, and others who want to provide information for such a system. AT&T, uh, by the fact that they, they uh, have telephone lines be, uh, outside of 80% of the homes in this country, is just the natural uh, entity, or, or seems like the natural entity, to develop this, the technology to provide all this information. And, and it's uh, just being a pragmatist, uh, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, however, AT&T has announced, and they've, and they've conducted experiments, they've announced that they want to get into content. They want to provide the, the information banks. They want to provide the news headlines and, they, and the sports and the weather and the horoscopes and, and what have you. They want to provide, uh, in effect, classified advertising to the system. Uh, when you allow them to do that in their monopoly position, then, then you get into a very dangerous area. Because uh, once they're allowed to do that, it seems to me that uh, they are going to favor their own, uh, their own input over the inputs of others. So here's the fusion of the transmission and the content. Yes. Isn't I think that's the danger no matter whether it's with a private company yeah. or a government agency or the government itself. Yeah. You've got to keep the technology separate from the content. Now, this is also, by, by the way, as you get news, it seems to me, you know, as you get news, I'm looking for the electronic newspaper, who controls it? Who decides that? We well, that again, uh, again uh, the, the person who, who controls the electronic switch if, there are n if there's no laws to say that they can't cut off news that they don't want to see, we'll cut that news off. They'll cut out of, the, uh, uh, of uh, what would be normally, the newspapers uh, can now print practically anything they want because there are no restraints, uh, no prior restraints on freedom of the press. But if it goes over an electric, uh, electronic system, it might very well be uh, computers have been devised that can, uh, that can pick out troublesome words, for instance, or that can uh, pick out words that are thought to be obscene. And uh, uh, some newspapers uh, won't use the word shit. For instance, the New York Times will not use that word. Some others will if it's in a direct quote. Well, the, uh, the telephone company, if it controls the print mm. that is going out, might decide, well, uh, that's, that's an obscene word no, and we're going to take it out. We would have never have heard, were this the case now, in the case you describe it, hands of one outfit, a monopoly. Uh, we would never have heard of the WBAI case, the New York radio station where George Carlin, the comic, was on That's right. seven words that could not be used. There was a Supreme Court decision upholding the ban, and, and nonetheless there was some de debate we heard of, at least, that would not even be known. It wouldn't have to be known because uh, unless the, the, the people who uh, provided the copy uh, uh, complained loudly? It, it could be it could be slipped by you without uh, your ever knowing that the that the uh, the material was censored. So what's going on? Uh, are there there are, aren't there? In some quarters, public interest groups bucking this, aren't there? There are, but uh, not very strongly. The the first real uh, attempt to to block AT and T from getting into the content has been the uh, the publishers, the newspaper publishers in this country. The American Newspaper Publishers Association finally got exercised last year when uh, AT&T went into Texas and asked the Texas Utility Commission to allow them to provide an information service uh, which they were uh, basing on their white pages and yellow pages. 
uh, and they said that they would also provide information from other data banks. Well, the, the newspapers immediately saw this as a, as a way for them to provide the very services that the, that the newspapers in those areas have been providing and that they feel they should be providing or, or certainly have a crack at, at providing uh, when, when this system becomes electronic. Because the, the economics of newspapers is such that 80% of the cost of production uh, of, of the cost of a newspaper are in production. Trucking the newspapers out of uh, uh, the center of a city and trying to get them to the suburbs is just not going to last very long because this electronic means of doing it is going to be so much cheaper mm -hmm. that they're going to have to move to that. Well, they want to they know that they have guaranteed access to any backbone system that provides this delivery. They are not sure, in fact, they're very scared that if AT&T gets control of the whole system and develop its, develops its own editorial services that they will just be squeezed out and that they might very well go under. So now they are fighting that uh, before the Texas Utility Commission and they're fighting it in the federal courts to see to it that AT&T is prevented from getting into the uh, area of providing Well, that's newspapers for reasons of their own. Yes, doing that. Uh, it, uh, which it, good enough, it's, but... It's self-serving, yeah, but it's also yeah. a, a, an issue of freedom of the press, uh, I believe. Uh, now, what about other group are are there community groups of one sort or another being formed in this matter? Uh, there there are very few. The the most active one I know is in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, uh, Citizens for Privacy and Two Way Television, and that's that's more on the yeah. privacy issue yeah. rather than on yeah. the control issue. They want uh, to have an ordinance that provides that the uh, the two way uh, cable company that's going to be franchised there mm -hmm. will not be permitted to take the information that's fed into the system and sell it to any third party or give it to any third party. Because we're talking, aren't we, about a situation that, assuming things go well, in which there is a pluralism of sorts, which maverick groups of one sort or another can have a way of having their opinions or views expressed, aren't we? I think we have to guarantee that, and uh, uh, I, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, I think there's an interesting uh, precedent for it, though, in, uh, in the situation that developed in England. Uh, the, the British Post Office wanted to test out or wanted to establish what it calls Prestel, and that's a system that ties in your ordinary television set through your telephone to a computer so that you can uh, call up information there, uh, uh, information and uh, uh, ads or whatever, uh, information on bus schedules, information, uh, news information, uh, weather, and so on. You can call up an encyclopedic information. Uh, you can call that up on your own television set. And they have uh, 150 information providers to that system, which is now in commercial operation. Uh, at first, when they started this in 1974, they said to these uh, information, these potential information providers, now you give us all your material and we will re-edit it and put it into the form that it can be used on, on the television screen so that it will be easy to read and so on, and, and we'll, we'll put it into the system. Well, the newspaper said, no, indeed you won't. We're the editors of the information that we're supplying to the system, the Birmingham newspapers in particular, Birmingham, England. And they said, and all the information providers got together and said, the British Post Office is not going to be the editors of this system. Uh, and you cannot touch anything. You, uh, we want to have access to the system. We want to pay you for the service of providing the backbone, but you can't touch anything that goes into it. The British Post Office backed off and set as its policy that they would be a common carrier. 
anybody could come into the system who wanted to put information in, and they would transmit it for anyone to, uh, to pull the information see, because out. Because there is something called regulation. Yes. You see, now, in contrast, here we know that not only the Reagan administration, but the Carter administration, too, came out for deregulation. Yes, and, uh, and it's going to hell in a handbucket, as far as I'm concerned, on deregulation. I think this is a regulation that will, that will guarantee diversity and, and yet will not put a great onus on, uh, on, the, on the, uh, the broadcasting companies, for instance, because they're going to be able to get into the system. And they're not, uh, uh, they're not going to be regulated in the sense of the content that they're putting in. They're just going to be guaranteed a place on the system. That's the kind of regulation I want to yeah. see. So if it's deregulated, uh, say a corporate outfit, which appears to be the case primarily in the United States at this moment, you know, yes. in charge of things, can they, they're they free to handle it any way they want, whether it be invasion of privacy or whether it be uh, handling news as they see fit. Certainly they are. By the way, a whole new vocabulary is in the book, too. Word, new, new words because of new systems. The new communications and freedom and Viking the publishers. And perhaps some of those words and techniques and benefits, too and perhaps examples of other countries, notably Sweden. We're talking about dangers, the many, whether it be an authoritarian government like Brazil, and you, you describe that situation. We'll come to that. But what is the more, with it, what's happening is so fast. You know, Einstein once said before he died, and I'll paraphrase him badly, he says, our technological advances are so overwhelming, you know, our advances our scientific technology, cybernetics, could be tremendous, but our social impulses are not keeping up with them. And if they don't, if the technology goes beyond a feeling of, for community and the world outside yourself, we're in for catastrophe. That was Einstein's comment. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. But it, it, technology doesn't do it by itself. It's, it's people seeing that a profit, in this country particularly, that a profit can be made from this technology, and so they plunge ahead and start making the profit, and then the people who say, hey, yeah, fine, uh, we want you to make a profit, but here are some concerns we have with what you're doing to us, and then often it's too late. And that's, that's why I was particularly to write, uh, interested in writing this book in, a, in advance, uh, uh, at a time when you can still get hold of the technology, which we don't often do. Some of the technology, the phrase, Silicon chip. What's a silicon chip? Well, a silicon chip is uh, is a uh, actually a, a mini computer uh, in a way. It can it can uh, uh, make possible the storage of enormous amounts of information in a very tiny space. So that uh, I talk about the, the the little black box that's the adapter for these television sets. I've been telling you that you just use an ordinary television set. The adapter is about three inches high and eight inches long. Now that uh, that has silicon chips in it, little tiny pieces, maybe a quarter of inch, an inch square, and oh, a skeintieth of an inch thick. And uh, that those chips now store as much information uh, in that little uh, black box that you put on your set as could have been uh, contained in a in a whole living room of computers ten years ago. And that is the answer to why this is going to come and is not blue sky, and it's going to become readily available to everybody because the costs are coming down so drastically uh, by hundredfolds every year that 
uh, it will be uh, it will be certainly uh, within the realm of possibility that that uh, most people who have televisions today will be able to have a home communication set that provide all these uh, these things within the next 10 15 20 years I think for example give an example of how a, a silicon chip would work in, in well, uh, I'm not an engineer, no. and I tried not to. Well, I don't uh, mean engineering. I mean, what would be in it? Well, that, that what would be in it would be uh, uh, an extremely miniaturized circuitry that uh, just facilitates the the transmission and storage of information. Well, what in, I mean, what kind of information? Oh is well, uh, uh, a whole uh, a whole book, uh, the Gone with the Wind, could probably be stored on three silicon chips. You know that that kind of uh, uh, thing, and then and then there are other things that are coming along. Uh, that are even more fantastic called uh, bubble memories that that will provide uh, millions and billions of bits of information uh, within within that same quarter inch uh, square and, uh, so for all intents yeah. and purposes now even now all the information that these systems can provide to any uh, would want to provide to any anyone can be stored in in uh, in, in minimal uh, uh, amounts of storage space. Uh, the storage for, for this kind of a system is, uh, for all intents and pur uh, purposes, unlimited. Yeah. Well, what would you say? Here's something you quote eight in 1892, magazine, The Electrician, in 1892. The Electrician, someone is quoting this, uh, wrote with distaste of modern utopian, of the modern utopian. Remember way back at turn of the century, Edward Bellamy had looking backwards many books on utopia yeah. involving new devices, you know. And here we are, for whom life, modern utopian, for whom life was to consist of sitting in armchairs and pressing a button, and who would have, quote, no ambition, no desires, no individuality, nothing wise about him. In the scenario presented here, 1892, the modern utopian could retain more individuality than he has now has. In his own way, in one way, this is an exciting prospect. But as the initiative passes to the machine, or perhaps we might add, who owns the machine or controls it, which shapes the path of the transactions, defines interests, and meets them, the question might ask, whose individuality is retained? That's, uh, that is the major question. And, uh, and the question is, how do we use this system? If, for instance, it becomes a, a fully, what they call a fully addressed system, if I can address uh, through uh, uh, the typewriter keyboard or through the two-way uh, audio or video, if I can address anybody else anywhere in the country, and, and it, uh, it, it, it might be a system that, uh, that is as democratic as the telephone, uh, it might be a system, too, uh, here's an advantage that I see to it, in which uh, children in school can communicate with, uh, with children of other cultures in a way that's absolutely impossible today using uh, 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 satellites, uh, uh, communication satellites to do this and, and, and have a, a two-way interchange between classes here and in Mexico City or, or here and in China. And, uh, and you might get to know, because uh, your interests are similar with somebody in another city or, uh, or just across town, you, you might, uh, uh, might, it, it might be a clearinghouse for getting people together with communal interests and, and uh, an exchange, which then would lead to human exchange mm. quite clearly. Uh, as I say, I, I don't give up on humanity for one minute. I, I just believe people like personal intercourse yeah. and, uh, and will we'll go for that no matter if, if they become engaged first in the two-way system. Yeah. So you, you see here all the possibilities for more individual expression. 
the possibility yeah, yeah, is the there. Possibility. That's right. But there is the possibility that that government or or uh, or a commercial entity could constrain us and narrow our possibilities. You know, toward the end of the book, uh, we'll come back to an example of Sweden where uh, an individual, a person, maybe is protected. But toward the end of the book, you say something to me is what the key is about. Experts are telling us these things. And so it is their private domain. And you're saying ordinary people can really understand this stuff. I think it's so. explained. This applies to almost every issue in the world. But here is something that is, if the ordinary person, so-called, everybody's different, this is understandable if it's explained to them directly. Yeah, and I it is not the exclusive province of, quote, unquote, the expert. Well, yes, and I think the example, a, a little example would be uh, learning how to uh, to use what they call the indexing system in the Prestel system in, in, in England. I was able to uh, learn that system and, and pull out information that I wanted, say on, on what uh, what movie was playing that night and uh, how many whether any tickets were available for it. Uh, I was able to learn how to do that uh, by a very simple uh, system that they've devised called a, uh, a tree logic system that you just lead uh, step by step to the, the piece of information you want. I was able to learn that in five minutes. And there's, there's nothing mysterious about any of this. Once, uh, uh, I mean, you don't, you don't have to know, I don't have to know, and I don't know, how the, uh, the silicon chip does its job. I just know what it does. And, uh, and that's about all you need. And in fact, you can operate the system even without knowing what, it, uh, what the silicon chip does, so long as you know what the system can do. What is SINCOM 1? SINCOM-1 is a, uh, a communication satellite, and that, uh, that is a satellite that will take a, uh, a signal from anywhere in the, in the world, transmit it uh, 23,000 miles up into space, uh, hit a satellite over the equator, which then, by uh, a transponder, sends it down to another place on the Earth's surface, sends that, that message. And the message is sent almost instantaneously. Uh, so that it could be a telephone message or it could be a direct broadcast message from a, a station somewhere in Africa to my rooftop antenna right here in the United States. We're really talking about a moment in history right now, aren't we, where things are just leaping at us. I mean, they're, they're quantum jumping, aren't they? They are. Uh, over the last five years, it, uh, I think with the coming particularly of uh, the usefulness of communication satellites, it has just en enhanced the the ability to, uh, well, to send out uh, new movies all across the country, which is uh, uh, on a pay television system. So this stuff can, if anything, enhance the democratic spirit, but it all depends how it's done, or it can go exactly the opposite. It, it can decentralize our lives. It, it could decentralize the uh, 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 forms of government because it could get information out to people who need to know, either uh, government employees or, in, uh, in an example I cite, uh, to uh, to employees of a huge corporation, they could have available to them information that's in in the in the home office files instantly. Uh, so, uh, if if a corporation wanted to move in that direction, they could uh, they could decentralize their operation rather than using it in the reverse. But they could also do the other thing. They could uh, they could use this this these computerized information systems to look over the shoulder of, of every branch manager in in every branch office in the country. So yes, it can go e uh, either way, and it depends on the human beings that are running it. Depends on also what the motive may be. If it's to make a fast buck. 
Maybe centralization does it better than decentralization. Well, we're not sure because uh, uh, among worker, yeah. uh, working people, uh, in some cases, some even some factories in this country are now believing that mm -hmm. if you t ask, uh, give the workers in a group an assignment of uh, 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 putting together some parts of an automobile or maybe the whole automobile, they will work better because they're more excited about what they're doing. And maybe the same thing happens if you decentralize offices across the country. So we're here we are in the middle. We have to come to Sweden. Uh, here it is governmental but enlightened in contrast, say, to Brazil. The two yes. kinds of government. Now, there there is something that protects the individual. Let's say a computer goofs up, and we know it does it now, a shape of things to come. The junk mail we get, you know, it's, oh, by the way, you say we, we're, we're liable to have uh, junk telephone calls as well through this. Well, you could have, uh, you could have video telephone calls, and, yeah. and uh, somebody would pop up in your screen that, uh, yeah. when you, in effect, answered your screen. And, and suddenly, uh, in, a, in a minute or so, you realize that this is a canned person speaking to you on the, uh, oh, well the video telephone call. How can call? you avoid having junk uh, video calls? A guy could say, I don't want that stuff in my house. Huh? Is that possible? Uh, oh, will that come at you anyway? If, if, if it comes over, if it's allowed to be transmitted over the, uh, say, a, a, a video telephone system, mm. uh, then, then there isn't any way. I, I think that needs legislation, oh, too. Well that, maybe that shouldn't be. You mean to say that if I had no TV set in my house, or if I didn't have the new appurtenances, if the TV thing goes into effect, I'd be seen by the person calling me? Well, it's, uh, there's, there's a, a real possibility that uh, uh, there are now the, uh, there are sp what they call spook devices that mm -hmm. can, can turn on your, your telephone uh, in your own home uh, and and uh, use it uh, through amplification and use it to listen uh, to uh, what you're saying even though you haven't lifted the mm. telephone off the hook now that is possible that's wow. technically possible mm. to do that with the kind mm. of uh, two-way video uh, set that I'm talking mm. about the video telephone mm. there's got to be laws and there's got to be enforcement of it now in Sweden there's something called a data information bureau that well, protects somebody. It's called the Data Inspection Board. Inspection board. Uh, about 10 years ago, the Swedes became very exercised by the fact that they, they felt that, that uh, too many companies were getting too much information on them and that the, uh, there was no restriction on, on how this information was collected or how it was being used. So uh, they, uh, they enacted a law in 1970, 1973 that set up something called the Data Inspection Board. That inspection board uh, was uh, ordered to license every personal uh, data bank in the country, per uh, a data bank that contained contain personal dossiers. And uh, the, the law also said that anyone could walk into any company that, uh, uh, that kept a dossier on them, and in fact they had to be informed that a dossier was being kept. Anyone, if, if uh, any one of these banks that wanted to keep a dossier on you had to, had to send you a letter and say, we have this file. You were allowed to walk in and ask for the printout in the, in the, uh, from the computer. Uh, if you saw something in that printout that was in error or that you wanted to argue with, you could either say, I want to rebut this, and you must put the, this rebuttal information in if it wasn't a matter of fact but a, a matter of judgment, or if it was a, a mistaken fact, you said, I want that taken out. 
if the company says, no, I'm not going to take that out, we believe it's true and we're going to keep it in, then you can go to the Data Inspection Board and without having to go through the courts in an administrative way, if you can uh, prove your case to the Data Inspection Board, they will order the data bank to expunge that information. The data bank is also uh, must tell every other data bank to which you transfer that information to, to expunge that information. It must also tell you when it updates your information, and it must also tell you to whom they have distributed that information. So it, it's a real constraint uh, uh, on the uh, and and puts some responsibility on the, the 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 data keepers, the investigators, to be responsible about the uh, the data they're collecting. So I think that's a very valuable uh, mm -hmm. thing that Sweden has done. Do we done. have a bureau like that here? Or no, there's nothing like that. Uh, in 1977, a, a U.S. Presidential Commission on Privacy recommended something similar to that with an oversight board, but uh, Jimmy Carter said that he didn't feel that, uh, that the government should be involved in, in anything like that, and for all intents and purposes, they, they ditched it. Uh, they did put in a package on privacy. The only thing that, uh, that it proposed that is different is that uh, uh, under the present privacy laws in the private sector, uh, a, a company uh, such as Equifax is not required to show you the uh, the computer printout. It has uh, the law says that it has to tell you the substance of the material that's in that. However, this this new proposal, the bill that that I I guess died in the last Congress, said that uh, the the person who uh, uh, on whom a file was kept had the right to actually read that file. But there was still no redress. If if you found something wrong and you said that it was wrong and they said we won't change it, that was it. There was nothing more you can no, do except go to court. Deregulation iberalis. Yes. Pretty much. Yes, pretty yeah, much. So There's nice. one other thing in Sweden that I, I found uh, very interesting uh, al along the line of control. I talked to a uh, uh, an executive at Televerket, which is their uh, telephone system. AT&T. Uh, well, no, it's 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 not private. It's no, uh, no. I say it's their AT&T. Yes, it's, oh, but it's it's, it's governmental. Isn't it's it? governmental. Yeah. Uh, and they said that uh, in all these information systems, they had an ironclad rule that the, the telephone company could not interfere in anything that goes into that system, whether it's pornography, whether it's uh, 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 no matter what it is. They feel that that's, that's a law enforcement thing. And the, 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 the agency that provides the system uh, just, just provides the means of distribution. And, and as a matter of policy, anything can be put into that system uh, the, the new two-way technologies that are coming along there and are farther advanced than they are here. But the, the government has nothing to do with that and, and can't touch it. And so Sweden and in, in uh, France, oh, Le Monde had a campaign, the French newspaper. That's right, one, it did. Had a campaign on this. How did it work out in France? Well, it worked out uh, in France in that they set up a, a commission on uh, information and liberty, which I think is very important to put those two words together, and that's why uh, communication and freedom is the subtitle of my book. Uh, I think that uh, information does deal with our liberties, and uh, their, their commission is very much uh, modeled on the Swedish Data Inspection Board. The only thing is that uh, they require you to go into court to, uh, to make the, the changes, which I think is unnecessary and, and is too time-consuming. Canada is in between. Canada has had, uh, they've studied it to death from the 1960s on. They've had commissions and studies, and they haven't done a mm -hmm. thing. So it comes back, and we, uh, we've gone the other way. Yes, well, we have just let it go by default, yeah. and there's nothing, no legislation whatsoever, and there's no policy. The thing about your book, dealing as it does with communication and liberty, communi freedom, 
you have Sweden, then you have what an authoritarian government can do, bad as they are today. And you, you cite Brazil as a case in point, citing actual, actual horrors as well as scenarios. You have, by the way, throughout the book, uh, different scenarios of what could That's be. That's right. Some scenarios about, uh, uh, well, what a, uh, an electronic news service will look like after the turn of the century, or what Brazil could do to control all the communication and have much tighter control over its people by this communication system. You can even bribe a cop by remote control. <laughs> yes. And that's what I cite that in your Brazil scenario. Well, uh, in, in the Brazil scenario, uh, every uh, car radio has a, uh, a transponder in it that uh, tells uh, the police where uh, that car is, no matter where it's going. And uh, I say that there's been a, uh, a, a nuclear uh, accident in their, uh, uh, their nuclear reactor on the coast between Rio and Sao Paulo, and that a couple was driving along, and they've disconnected the, uh, the transponder because they were on a holiday, and they didn't want to be interrupted with uh, any uh, any uh, government interrupt bulletins. So uh, they pass a, a police, uh, a, a military police station, which exists now in Brazil every few miles along the highways, and uh, and the, the motor of their, uh, their car is, is killed because the, uh, uh, the, the transponder isn't working, and they're not supposed, uh, if, they, if the transponder had been working, they'd been informed that they weren't supposed to go down that road because it was getting into the area of the nuclear explosion. So a police captain comes out and, uh, and says that, uh, why are they doing this? And, and they said, well, they were on holiday. It was, it was New Year's, and they, they just didn't want to be interrupted. And, and so the, the policeman says, well, I think uh, there's going to be a very large fine involved in that for you, and, uh, but uh, maybe we could talk about it. And, and he invites the, uh, the professor who's driving along into, into the police headquarters. And uh, the professor knows because of the, the corruption from top to bottom in Brazil, which exists today, that uh, you can get out of things pay it by paying a fine right on the spot. But in this new system, they, uh, you don't pay the, the fine in money because that's, that's, too, uh, that's too crass. What you do is you, take, uh, the, you, you use one of these uh, two-way sets and transfer money directly from your account into the account of the, of the police captain. And as uh, the, uh, the professor did that, and as he was walking out the door, he was given the assurance by the police captain that he needn't worry that, uh, that this transaction would be listed against him or anything about this incident would be listened, listed against him in his central dossier. And so he gets into the car and says to his wife, well, he said, uh, in a way, I guess, uh, I guess we were uh, saved by technology. Well, yeah, more graceful. Well, as you describe the scene, you say Brazil. That's the scenario, of course. You have earlier horrors of what could be a, a totalitarian government. Of course, we, our State Department says authoritarian. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, don't we? That makes it different, of course. Uh, that could happen, but <laughs> could happen close at home too, couldn't it? Yes, it could. Very easily. You know, I think there's so much to your book. John Wickline is my guest. Uh, the book is Electronic Nightmares: The New Communications and Freedom, and Viking the Publishers. So, what is it? How does it stand now? Perhaps you could read the conclusions toward the end. But what next? I mean, what what's to be done to avoid, say, in the hands of few, even more now? and which would become almost uh, utterly impotent, you know, even though all this stuff is at our fingertips. Well, I think that uh, what's to be done now is a consciousness raising among people in the country and uh, citizen reform groups, broadcast reform groups perhaps, that 
in, in order to get people to understand that there's a problem. That's the, that's the first thing. If, if nobody sees the problem, then, then the people, <coughs> people who control the technology, who know the advantages and disadvantages, will go right ahead and, uh, and, and use it for uh, commercial advantage or military advantage or whatever uh, without uh, any, any reference to, uh, to the public interest. But if the public becomes concerned about this, uh, just as in anything else, uh, I think that uh, there has been, for instance, a broadcast reform movement growing over the last 15 years that has that has uh, made some headway. It's losing a lot now with the the, the new administration decision to deregulate everything. But at least uh, uh, people are aware that uh, that we can do something about our communications. Well, I think people have to become aware that they can do something about this by getting organized themselves, especially uh, at the community level. Uh, because a lot of this, for instance, will be put in by, uh, first, uh, here, by two-way uh, cable systems. Now, those two-way cable systems are franchised locally. They aren't franchised by the FCC or any national entity. And they could uh, uh, arouse citizens who want to inform their, Congre uh, their uh, councilmen about uh, this situation could have the safeguards built in that uh, that are necessary to protect us and and still get some of the blessings that are, are available in this. Suppose system. John John Wickline, suppose you read the conclusions uh, toward the end of your book, and then all right, what I say the pro is and that con. Uh, uh, I say that uh, rather than standardization and conformity, the emerging system can lead to greater diversity of ideas and a wider variety of choices for viewers of entertainment seekers of information, consumers of goods, and users of services. The technological developments can lead to a society that's better informed than the one that we know today. An integrated media system can give us a truer picture of life in the community, the nation, the world, uh, and, and the, than could previous discrete systems. This, in turn, can provide a stronger basis on which we can make governmental and social decisions that affect our lives. The new technologies can lead to a decentralization of decision-making with greater local autonomy in government and corporations, rather than a centralization of governmental and corporate control. A public that is well-informed via the system is less likely to be carried away on an emotional bandwagon driven by a demagogue. The new system can lead to a greater humanization of society and not dehumanization. A coherent public policy aimed at developing the new communications along socially useful lines can, make, can help make us freer and happier than a, we have been before. But improperly developed and employed, the new communications can lead to just the opposite of each of these things. Within the system lie serious threats to our privacy and our individual liberties. These will very likely materialize if we permit it to be guided primarily by market manipulations military demands, and political power considerations. And most important, none of the potential benefits of the new communications will come about unless we shape the technology to human ends and not let it shape us in a commercial or authoritarian mold. John Wickline and the end of his book, Electronic Nightmare, Viking the Publishers, available and, wow, powerful indeed. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much.